0: Three, 2, 1 Hello, my name is Mercy we're listening to Broken Headphones on 101.5 UMFM Today we have with us David Hodges Crab Scall, Malcolm J and Scratch Bassett who will be joining us later in the program Now on to Asani background. you'll be with that first question
1: Yeah, uh, I guess the my first question is just I was thinking about like how there's all these like uh, and uh, things that say that like uh, to be successful, you know, to you know, in any sort of career, you want to have five-year goals. But as an artist, I think that's a little bit different because every year things are kind of changing. Like we just moved on to Zoom. But, you know as like an investment banker your goal I think is probably just to be like manager of some branch or what I'm I'm not an investment banker so maybe I wouldn't know that um, but how do you develop uh, long-term goals as uh, producers and beat makers?
2: I think just speaking from an artist perspective I've always viewed it as um, understanding where you want to be as an artist uh, because everybody measures success in different ways some people want to say, I want to get a million streams and that's success for them. And if that's what you're working for, then you have to work towards those angles. If you want to work with more local artists and you want to become a great local producer, uh, you have to, there's a different angle for that. Or if you just want to do it because you love it and you don't want that to impact your creative uh, or artistic side, that's fine too. So I think it's just maybe, um, it's okay to set five-year goals, but as long as they're true to who you are and then it's not really linear, you know, I think every artist in here will tell you like, David will tell you that his uh, project with Sumner was not a linear kind of thing. It just happened because it was, the timing was right. And I think in, in art, it's just, uh, it's gonna change every year kind of where your direction goes, but as long as you're being true to yourself, I know it's really corny, but if you're true to yourself with your goals, uh, you're gonna go in the right direction. So, um, so yeah, you're right where being creative and having the five-year goals can sometimes be a little bit blurry it's not as straightforward as a like a being an investment banker or getting a degree kind of thing so
3: it's a big opener man for sure um for me personally it's like i always say like don't put all your eggs in one basket like especially if you're like a beat maker but also you have interest in other aspects of music um you know like when it. Especially, and i also think don't put all your eggs in one basket and if you also have other interests outside of music But like the way I've always treated music was as a passion, as like a more as a hobby at first. And it was something I was so passionate about. It made me so happy. Um, So I spent so much time investing in my craft and getting as good as I possibly could. Um, But without really the intention of like, quote unquote, success necessarily. It was more just because I enjoyed doing it. But I also wanted to make sure that um, I was getting better. Um as far as like my own personal goals. So it's just like, you know, I would say like, you know, I, I should this is how many songs I wanna make this year or this is an album that I'd like to put out or and this is how many beats that I wanna make uh, every week. And then I also opened up a studio because I'm like I might as well and I started having artists come in and I realized like as um as creatives it's also important to like open your mind to the idea the possibilities of collaboration. And yeah, so I think like I don't know if that even answers it. It's such a hard question to to go with but definitely not putting all your eggs in one basket and um honing your craft and spending time on you know on your skill before you really start disseminating and putting it out there because i feel like once you would start releasing stuff you start building that expectation of like receiving and like hoping that you're going to get this feedback or hoping that like something might take off for you but i feel like a lot of artists that i talk to like especially young artists like they've only created like one or two songs and they're trying to they're trying to get that out there and I'm like well how, what what else you got you know and they're like well I don't got anything else and I'm like well that's a problem you know you got to spend some time on your craft before you really start get like putting yourself out there and that really comes with that having that plan so i think building catalogs spending time with your craft understanding who you are as an artist um collaborating with others before you really start getting out there is like is a very important um it's an important mind mind frame to be in i think
4: i definitely agree with everything david said For sure. Just kind of spending time honing um, and just exploring stuff, you know, exploring options. I'm starting to only recently just started exploring, collaborating with others. And that's just been opening a whole lot of like learning for me. And, you know, it's also just, yeah, it's also changing the way I approach my own whole process. So I get that for sure.
5: All right, cool. Uh, Might be a bit of a silly question, but if someone were to put it to you, what do you think is the most important tool or skill for a beat maker? You know, if you had to answer it.
4: I uh, I would say the most important skill or like advantage to have would be just being really passionate about music. You know, like if you're making beats, you're obviously taking inspiration from music somehow. So just, I feel like the more inspired you can find through, you know, the more inspired you are, the, the kind of more fortunate you are, I think in that, in that world, you know, I don't know if that makes sense, but.
2: Yeah, I'm a, I'm splitting my answer. Cause I have two feelings. Like the technical side of me is going to say mixing. Cause uh, you can have all the layers of your cake that might sound good separately, but they don't sound good together, um, May it's your, your mix might fall flat and your beat not make, may not make the impact that you want to do or it may not sound professional even though it may be a great beat if it was polished properly uh, but i also think with production you have to have a a good ear because right now um everybody in their dog can be a producer with all the tools and technology out there and uh i feel like you can't just put a bunch of cool sounds and drums together and, and it's not going to be that unique it's about having a great ear and uh knowing what elements will sound good together and you may not have to have a deep, deep knowledge of music theory, but having some music theory and knowing what sounds good together with keys, uh, is a really important skill, I think, for production. So
3: also like um I think it's it's okay to suck when you first start out you know like i think people automatically feel like yo i gotta make these hot beats they watch like a sick youtube video nowadays and it's just like yo this like they you feel like let down sometimes when you just first start i feel like a lot of young young kids and they get discouraged but it's like yo you need to make a hundred beats man And they're all gonna probably suck it's okay like um i think one of the most important things especially when you're first starting out is to finish and start projects i find like a lot of a lot of Like art, like early artists are like, you know, getting stuck on a beat or stuck on a song. And it's just like, yo, it's okay to let, you know, I feel like for me personally, starting and finishing, especially when you're first starting out, it's like a great practice to get into because then you can, because, you know, creativity is endless. And I, you know, and I feel like you can just keep moving forward and moving on to like, to more things. And that's something that I always, when I first started, I was like, always, trying to like start and finish even when it came to writing a song it was like okay i'm you know i'm gonna sit here and i'm gonna just bang out this song in two hours and i would just spend all my time doing it until it was done and it's like if you practice that i think at an early at an early point and not be this like a perfectionist i think that that's a great practice you know what i mean um but that could also be argued that's that that's just been my process where i've made like thousands and thousands of beats you know but it's okay like at the end of the day it's like it makes you better and better as you kind of like move along and um there's nothing wrong with like you know feeling like you're a little amateur when you first start because that's normal but i feel like you got to make at least 100 beats before you start like understanding your approach to like how you want to create beats too so that's what i would say unless you're malcolm man i feel like malcolm's first beat was just hot fire
2: no no (laughs) i was using uh i think yeah i started on the era too just downloading uh, stuff off of LimeWire, wire or i think i used this your thing first, called ej your uh,
3: film? like what did you do do you remember
2: uh, i was using adobe edition 1.5 and i was just like chopping samples and lining them up in the daw and like oh this sounds all right so um and then wow like that's yeah.
3: perfect like i didn't even understand like frequencies I, like i mean it was my first beat but i, I chopped up a sample andy williams love story at the nice. like at the beginning, like he kind of comes in with the acapella, and then it's just the piano. I was like, yeah. oh my gosh, it's amazing! I chopped up that sample on. I was using Cool Edit Pro, so it's kind of like a, a the
2: same vocal. thing, yeah, yeah. Same thing.
3: And then like I like just loaded in a random drum and a random eight oh like a bass sound that happened to be, um, pitched perfectly. So it wasn't. I didn't even know what I was doing. And I just like put it in, and it just sounded so crisp. And then I was like hooked. That but that that so I got lucky on my first beat. It kind of was like pretty good. I played it for someone and they used it. So my first beat got used and I was like, (laughs) I think I could do something with this. But then all the, like, it took me like, I think like the next 10 beats, it was
2: kind of like. But you know, well, it's mentioned that right there, that's having a good ear for what sounds good together. Even though you may not know the frequencies or what the keys were back then, you still kind of had a hunch of like, these things will sound good together when you cycle through the sounds. And I think that's a really key.
3: I still don't understand frequencies, bro. (laughs)
2: Fair enough. (laughs) You don't have to, right? I mean, Um, so I feel like Chris,
3: you understand frequencies, bro. Crab Skull, do you, do you get like the, like how to like make like balance frequencies so that they kind of like the mix sounds better?
4: I mean, I've got my own approach to it. You know, I wouldn't say it's really professional, but like, I definitely, you know, I, I can, I I'm good at like figuring out pitches and stuff like that. So I do all that by ear. Like I can tune bases or or like 808s or stuff like that just by ear and figure that out. So some things, you know, might be a little off, but like I don't. I'm, I don't know. Like what do you mean by exactly like frequencies? Like in a mix, a lot of my mixes are probably pretty muddy. I could definitely use a lot of uh tweaking in that department.
3: <laughs> What's I meant like low end, like mids and highs, you know, like all those. Yeah.
4: I'm I'm get that's, that's kind of something I'm kind of working on nowadays, like I kind of wasn't really focused on that stuff. Earlier on, like just I would just kind of like you said, just kind of making a hundred beats, making a thousand beats. Like that's kind of where I've just been at, I feel like, in the last little while. And now I feel like I'm starting to kind of get into like really starting to separate the sounds and like actually isolate each sample and like figure out how to actually mix it properly and and stem stuff out. That's what it is. And that's all coming from working and collaborating with others. It is just kind of me realizing the potential of that, you know, and that all started with me working with one artist and actually stemming stuff out for the first time hearing that mix and you know that that was you know that was working with steve 3 like steve from three-peat just hearing him mix some of the stuff that i had made was like it blew my mind it's for sure the nicest sounding shit i've ever made so far that's out there because it was all mixed properly right mm-hmm. so even to the point where i i still hear those beats and i'm like Are, really or i hear what is it is i hear the original beats like on my phone or something and I'm like is this that song like it just it just blows my mind what a good mix can really do right yeah. Yeah.
1: so i'm tapping into that now okay. on to my next question i was wondering how do you, when do you find time to work on your own own music cuz i know all of you have like uh like, uh, like jobs or, you know, work on like other, other music or other music ventures. But then I feel like, you know, there's the stuff that you want to produce and that you're really passionate about. Do you find time to do that every day or is it like once a month or,
2: um, how do you find time? Um, I don't want to keep going first on the answers, but I, uh, I, I make music every day. I mean, like, uh, if it's something that's, I think any, like, every creative, like creating is just like integral part of their existence so even though you might have a day job or you might be working other projects wanting to express yourself is really important so whether it's lyrically just jotting notes down or freestyling in the shower or freestyling in the car or um i make beats on my phone all the time too whenever i'm not around my mpc or my laptop i'm always just or i'm just searching for samples or going through splice for stuff all the time on my phone so um i think yeah i just always i think you should do something creative every single day. You don't have to make like a crazy beat every day or bangers every day, but if you're working on your craft every day, um, actually now, I'm, now I'm tangenting. Uh, uh, just, I just try to make time for it every day. I don't sleep that much. So that's just, that's just me.
4: So. No, I relate to that. It's definitely a daily practice for me. You know, it's a, it's a habit that just kind of formed and then became kind of almost a little meditation for me. So it's something I look forward to every day, and always take the time out to, to do stuff. Even if, even if I'm not feeling it, cause some days I can't force it, you know, like that's just creativity. You know, you got to just like come back at it, you know, come back to it, you know, but it's a, it's a daily practice of just kind of coming at it and just like seeing what's there and like, yeah, spending a little time with it.
3: Yeah, definitely. For me, it's a bit more of a complicated question um, just like my position like I do have a day like i guess a day job essentially but I'm running in, like a, an organization i'm the co-executive director of an organization called inpath and it's quite a large organization we have like 25 full-time employees and we work with um like artists of all artistic disciplines that do residencies all across Canada on indigenous reserves and um, <laughs> it's it's a lot to take on and I'm also like a, a new blown i'm a new father um so there's like you know supporting my wife and just trying to find the time to create so i felt like in i'm i'm 36 years old when i started like making music when i was 16 it was like between the ages of 16 and 30 were probably my most formative creative years where that's all i did was just making music releasing records releasing albums collaborating recording people mixing people really honing the skills during that time so that now in since i've entered my 30s i've i have to like really prioritize my time as to what i want to do even though i always got the musical itch cuz i'm like I'm inherently a musician and an artist. So I tried to set aside like once a week, maybe an hour to just like make beats and just kind of go through that. And then if I'm driving to like, you know, drive like my, my, my daughter to like daycare, I'll come up with little melodic ideas and stuff like that. But then, yeah, and but what's one of the interesting things about my position at my job is that I also get to interact and connect with new musicians, you know, like Osani i've recently connected with, or even Ness, and even right now, this conversation connect with all of you it's like kind of through um the or, the stuff with my organization that we do at our, the at uh, inpath it's just connecting with artists and like really just it actually sets like sort of like this foundation and connection point to be able to create more and so um I'm always working on projects, I have lots of new music coming out constantly because so I end up making these beats but then the beats are so specific they end up becoming used so i like actually make just beat packs essentially so i'll make like 10 beats in a week and then i just put i go to something else i go to something else and then when i actually come into contact with an artist i kind of show them some of the beats that i put together at a certain time and they actually all sound kind of the same because i'm using like the same master chain or i'm using similar like sounds and it's all done at a similar time so it's I end up when I meet an artist, an album can come together in a week or two weeks, you know, especially online and just talking about all the things. So I still get to like get my, my musical beak wet, but I don't get to do it as much. And then the older you get, the more you kind of also have to prioritize your time, depending on what it, the path that you decide, the paths that you decide to take, you know, but there's yeah. all, there's, you should be, it's true, Malcolm, you're right though. Like you should be make like making a beat every day or making something, doing something creative every day is I think, it's super important for like an artist's um, mental health or like self-care as well too, you know? So,
0: um, so I just want to know basically like when bring you guys like hit a roadblock, like, or like an artist block, like what do you do to get over that? Because yes, you want to keep making beats and doing that kind of stuff, but you just can't put anything out. Like, what do you do?
2: I relate a lot to David's first answer where you're like, you got to finish things and it's good to finish things. But I, I also verge on being a massive perfectionist sometimes. And I might, Uh, get stuck on something and then obsess about it. So it's good just to step away and then work on other things. And then there may be, it may be next week, then next month. But if you come back to that beat, you might know what to do now because you took a break from it. You know, if you listen to the same thing over and over for hours and end, it's going to sound like you, it won't sound right because you've listened to it so many times. So it's going to take a break and then come back with fresh ears um, and try something else in the meantime. That's what I typically do.
4: Yeah. I like that. I definitely will just change it up. I'll even just like leave the machine alone or like just, just play around with something else and explore something different. Sometimes even just trying to make something new, like your regular box, you know, like maybe chopping up a sample that like that you normally wouldn't, I'll just kind of like just go there and it, it, nor- it might not normally end up being something that I, I like really mess with, but it just kind of can pull you out of a, uh, out of just maybe the
3: same track, you know? Yeah, definitely. Like I find like it's, I mean, I, I can't say that I don't want to project, but I also find that like, uh, it's it's a lot easier to find inspiration these days, like when you got a mental block, because there's just, just so much access, just like you can literally just spend a whole day just like listening to to, to stuff, you know what I mean, nowadays, and even royalty free, like stuff that you could literally use and like make money with, you know, if you actually do something with it. So it's like a really new world, I find. And it's like, but if you have, like, writing, like, maybe creative block as a writer, that's a different type of, like, uh, writer's block. But that's the power of collaboration. And I always go back to that where it's, like, if you're co-writing with people and writing with, uh, like, anybody, you can literally write with any person. You know, your brother, your sister, your mom or dad or your friends or whatever you can sit there and literally write together. You'd be surprised the kind of, like, um, un- like unblocking that could happen in that process. So. For me, like once I started tapping into collaboration, I found it almost impossible to be uninspired or have a creative block. I can't remember the last time I had a creative block, but I also know like um, what Malcolm and Chris were saying, like just taking a break sometimes. So like, say if you're like really deep into a process and you're just like, kind of like just feeling like, man, like this is going nowhere. It's definitely good good to take a break, go walk outside, even don't even touch something for like weeks, you know what I mean? And just come back to it a couple of weeks later and you'll be surprised, like life just can like untangle those um those whatever webs that you're creating in your brain or whatever. And you can come back to something be very, very clear-headed too. So there's 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 lots of ways, you know. And if and if all else fails, just go on YouTube and go, How do I how do I break out of a creative block? You know what I mean? It's like we live in such a crazy age, man. It's like there's no excuses, man. Just ask Google. Just ask Uncle Google or Grandpa. Is it Grandpa <laughs> Google? I don't even know. What are they calling it these days? Grandpa Google? <laughs>
5: All right, for, for anybody who's just tuning in, this is Broken Headphones on 101.5 UMFM. Uh, we got Crab Skull, Malcolm J, David Hodges, and Scratch Bastard on the horn. And uh, my question is What's like the number one rule of beat making or songwriting or mixing that you like to break
3: and ignore? That's a tough question. You can say it one more time, actually, Stella, just to make sure I understand.
5: Yeah, sure. So sure. I might have uh, trampled over it a bit. So, like, what's like the number one like convention or rule of songwriting or mixing that you like to to break or to
3: that stuff? I don't know if other creatives have this, but like, because I've just been. I'm pretty formulaic with like my, the way that I kind of structure beats and the way I arrange things. So I feel like I, and I've just kind of developed like an aesthetic or sound or kind of approach to my, to my music. So it's really hard for me to break out of that. I find personally, like, it's not like I can't, I can't just be like, yo, I'm going to have to do something completely different unless I like buy like a new, like new hardware, or I'd like really try to do like a new style or something like that. But for the most part, like I find myself in a comfort zone, especially because I've like I said, I had l- so much limited time to creating. So I, I usually find myself like kind of like making beats in a and they don't sound the same. My beats always try to make sure I always actually try to make different kind of sounds and styles. But I find like my arrangements, it always sounds the same. I'm always doing 16s with like a bar courses and like breakdowns and like uh, like a bridge um,
2: doing all sorts of stuff like that. But
3: I don't know. I'm just I'm just starting it. I'm trying to I'm just getting this question going
2: here. No, that's a good point. Um, like, from a structural standpoint, i the same way. Like, I do structure things in a certain way, or I'll put drops in certain places where I know it will sound right, but um, I don't know. I mean, there are the conventional rules, but I don't think there's any, like, like, of course, everything has to be kind of on time. Like, I use a lot of swing sometimes when my beats are turned off quantized, but sometimes I like to think, like, don't worry about the rules or the conventions so often, as long as it sounds good or sounds right to you, uh, then just do it. Like, this is not only really production, but we're writing. Like, I don't worry about, is my writing going to be, like, perfectly on time or these rhymes going to be perfect? I kind of just say what I want to say and then I get it to work together and polish it after that. So if you think too much about, like, oh, is this right or will people like this or is this on time perfectly, you're going to be too stuck up in that and that will detract from, like, your creativity in a sense where you're stuck on trying to be technically right but not creative, I guess. Um If that makes sense. Like, I feel like there's people that are, like, really technically good. Like, there's people that could play piano perfectly and they can read sheet music perfectly, but they can't create anything, uh, like, themselves. So you have to have that bridge between being super technical and also just out there and doing something different to bring it together to say something. So so I guess it's not like breaking the rules. This is kind of having a mix of both of breaking the rules and knowing the rules. You can bend the rules of the matrix, but, you know, you can't really fully break them. So
6: like that hmm. all right we're gonna we're gonna take like a little bit of a of a, of a recruit moment at this at this time All right, so I just saw a yo pop up on the screen.
0: Yeah, I just wanted to ask, like for every single one of you, I listen to a lot of your music, and each beat you make is completely different from the other one, but yet they all sound like yourself, that makes any sense.
7: Well, first of all, I just want to say thank you guys for having me here. Um, It it, it was hard to tune in for the other dimension, but I'm here. Um, To answer your question, uh, Mercy, I think that that's a product of, of. Uh, of people just always pushing and I think for me one thing is I'm never trying to make two beats that sound the same Um, I know that sometimes it's good to have a bit of a producer character or sound to your beats but I think that most of that character actually comes from some of the sounds you use and not necessarily the style of beats like for me if I listen to some of the Neptune's production or Timbaland I know it's them but I wouldn't necessarily say that the beats Sound there's always something that 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 differs from them so i think by nature most producers are just trying to push and make something different most of the time that's for me anyway and sometimes that feels like a stumbling block but i think that if you're making enough music you'll find enough uh, enough variety of stuff there could be i probably have three or four beats or maybe demo versions of beats that you haven't heard that i don't put out there that probably sound the same but what you're hearing is uh, probably pretty curated from 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 my stuff, anyway, um, I don't know if other producers feel that way too,
3: yeah, I, I hear what you're saying, scratch like actually, like there's like two sides of what you're saying too, because like there's there's going with the iconic sound, so it's like you know the Neptunes had such a sound, Kanye West had a sound like where you would everyone wanted their drum kit, you know, to just get that snare or whatever, right, and um, I feel like a lot of young producers still aspire to have like their own iconic sound, I mean like. Um, Matt Mac is an artist that I actually like work with. He's like a, he's a, he's a, he's a blind music producer from Garden Hill, Northern Manitoba. And like, when I connected with him, he was heavily influenced by like internet money, you know, like that whole like movement, Nick Mira, like, you know, Nick Mira cookups is all that Matt Mac would talk about. And, and Nick Mira has that kind of like a bit of an iconic sound, which you would almost not expect in this day and age when you hear the sounds that Nick Mira uses is actually very like, it's like what everyone else is using, but then it's like, there's certain, Things that he does to his like the, his approach to like his his eight oh eights and like when you watch a cook up it's like he does the same kind of style over and over again but that's what people want um and so like there's two sides of it because then there's the beat makers and i'm kind of like with you scratch on that too is that i love to make just different sounding beats you know just for my own sanity just like push my push the envelope but then there are a lot of young producers that aspire to like have that new iconic sound so matt mac for instance he always likes he likes to just make that trap and like he always uses the same kind of sounds and styles because he just wants to be that like next icon you know what i mean
7: i i i totally agree and i think that Different producers will have different different approaches, and well, I'm happy to be here. First of all, because I get inspired by hearing things like even you saying that, David. It's like you're paying attention like that, and I I feel like the newest generation of beat makers is just pumping out so there's so many tools at the disposal right now that you could stick with a style for a little while and then move on. So, Mercy, if you're listening to like a lot of producers work over a number of years, you're definitely you're you're going to hear a progression there's no question even if it's just based on sounds that become available technology programs and that sort of thing um you're going to hear a lot of that progression but um i feel like the new generation just has so many tools it's crazy you don't have to make two beats sound the same (laughs) anymore
4: i also think it's something for me i think it's something that just comes out of just yeah spending more time on your craft like just the more the more beats you actually make the more you know, even if you're making different beats, your formula and just things that you're kind of like your approach is going to be obviously similar. And you know, maybe even to you, they might not sound the same, but to others, they might just kind of be in a certain lane. That I just think if you keep doing what you love and keep kind of carving out uh, a path, eventually it's going to be a sound you know that people are going to recognize
7: if they're doing their their sleuth work. The, it...
4: If they're if they're yeah if they're if they're doing work, you're right.
7: That's a cool question though, Mercy, and I, I and are you a producer mercy you've been you've been making beats
0: no i'm a straight beginner
7: (laughs) okay cool yeah i think that once you start making beats you'll like a bit more you'll you'll kind of understand that It, it is such an interesting thing uh and malcolm you touched on some really cool uh when i tuned in you were you were just talking about the you and the creation process and maybe being stuck and everything and that's kind of a natural feeling it's like sometimes it's Just not the right day for me. I sit down and just like it doesn't come out, and other days that you know I'll make three or four beats in a day or something like that. But, um, I think that when you're putting in the hours, you're just going to make all if you're putting in enough hours, you're just going to make all kinds of different kinds of stuff. It, it, it just eventually, once you get on a roll, that's that's kind of a byproduct of just putting in the time and putting in the work, working on your craft, like my man said there.
2: Yeah, the only thing I I agree with everything I was saying. The only thing I would add in, if you're talking about like a consistent sound that an artist might have, it could be from how they're mixing their music. Like uh, they have a consistent knock to how their drums hit. It may be different drum patterns or different tempos, but it's a consistent kind of sound. So that is yeah, something well, yeah, that,
7: yeah. Or the gear they're using as well, right? Uh, yeah, they could be almost using the same like mastering chain or something, the same everything kind of coming out. So it ends up having a certain character.
6: All right, y'all. Um, Let's, uh, let's play some music for the people just a little bit here and there. Um, we'll go a bit like 15 more minutes. Uh, so 10 past the hour. Um, who wants to start?
3: Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I've been, as I was saying, I may have been making beats since like Oh three or Oh four or something like that. So a pretty long time, like it's been like a pretty uh, hot, it's been a great hobby, but it's also kind of like created this whole pathway for, for myself to get up to this point in my life. Like even um, some of the stuff that I was mentioning before with the organization in path and all of that work, a lot of it actually comes from making beats and collaborating with people recording, recording albums. And so, um, But at the same time, a lot of my approach to making beats has always been to make space for a vocalist. And so um, I don't really make beats just to, like, make a beat knock and, like, just to to do crowd-pleasing. Like, I'm not trying to go to a beat battle or anything kind of uh, vibe. It's more, like, to make beats so that there's enough space for a vocalist to come in and, like, do some, like, make some music. Because me, I'm more of a singer-songwriter, not just, like, a beat maker. So it's, like, I kind of think more on a, like, what is this song going to sound like? So uh, this beat that I'll just choose is, like, it's off of... Um, it's off of a, an upcoming project that's going to be coming out with an artist named Hazely. She's a, she's a new emerging artist. She's uh, from onion, onion, Lake Cree nation. It's like near Lloydminster, uh, Saskatchewan. I met her on uh, one of the tours that we do through our programs called the mobile production studio uh, program. When in, created a song in her community but when I met her I was like this girl's got something special she's uh like she's 20 years old now she's like a round dance singer so she's like does a lot of traditional kind of singing but she also has an R&B vibe anyways we uh, did an album but I'll play you a beat off of um one of the um one of the tracks that we have uh that's gonna be off the the, the album I used the uh, Omnisphere for the key. Are we going to talk about the VSTs and shit? I don't even know, but used uh, the keys is Omnisphere. I got a bit of um, arcade stuff going on in the background. You'll probably be able to tell. I think the, the 808s might have been an old school, like 808 Warfare. It's like an old Contact 5, like, uh, base plugin. I'm not too, like, uh, I'm on my new 808s. Like, uh, I just, I always stick with that one. And, yeah. Um, the drums might have been some off of a splay. it's probably splice man i don't really have that much time to like go on on drums you know so just got to make something sound nice for a vocalist so
0: of being so hurt so watch me rise sleepless nights and a restless soul into a rising star the demons let the depression grow deep inside my heart so let me just say this i will keep on going till i'm making my mark let me master my
3: life yeah so that's hazel uh which is actually um an emerging artist that's also in the inpath program with artworks that uh, Osani is part of as well, so she's like a young artist Matt Mac is also one of those uh, emerging artists in the artworks program as well so she's really she's young but we're starting to build out like her understanding how to approach like a music career so on top of the singing writing recording it's like business financial literacy like how to you know all those kind of things as well that go along with an artist's career uh to build those chops as well so that once the music's out there she understands like what that actually means and what her value what what her value is and what is owed to her. Um so that's also a little bit of the backdrop of like this the the kind of work that we're
2: doing as well. Tight. That's that's working. Okay. That was sweet. Yo you Malcolm, you're up next. I'm up next. All right. Uh so let me just share my screen here. Uh all right. So just to introduce myself a little bit more. Um so I'm, I started off as a rapper first, so started rapping in high school, and then I was in a group before called Happy Unfortunate, and uh, my partner was a rapper producer, so uh, I didn't start making beats until probably about 2011, and I uh, started off with an MPC 500, so I started off just uh, flipping records and stuff like that, and then I got into more advanced production as I got older, uh, but this one beat that I'll play for you, i want to play the sample first, so this is something I sampled. Um, I actually made it on my phone initially, and then I recorded from my phone into my MPC, my old MPC, and then I finished it off on my newer NPC. So I used like three different things to make this beat, and then I mixed it in Reaper. So, um, and just like uh, David mentioned, um, I make beats primarily for me to rap on. So there's a lot of space, and I don't make anything too crazy or complicated in them. It's mainly because I want to make sure my lyrics, I feel like production is supposed to just enhance what the message is for the the lyricist so um or the artist so um that's this beat so i'll play a little bit of it here so this is the sample first everyone can hear that okay simple beat and then uh, it just goes on for another 30 seconds here. So yeah, that's just a quick little beat. Uh, it's gonna be on my next album, and I took I wanted to play this beat because um, the producer will know that this is actually just like the same four-bar loop over and over again. I just change different things and drop things in and out, or I put low uh, pass filters when I wanted to be rapping versus the chorus and the hooks, um, or I used the automation on the drums to you know make it quieter during the verses and then make them knock louder during the chorus to uh, change it up, but Uh, I'm a big fan of like that less is more with production, especially when you have a vocalist over top of it and uh, don't try to overproduce things too much. Uh, So, and this one is just, uh, I really enjoyed messing with that sample. Like I time stretched it and then I pitched it down after the fact and then chopped it up and uh, it doesn't sound like the original sample at all. So it was uh, a lot of fun to make. And then I purposely slowed it down at the end because I knew for my rapping i wanted to rap in double time at the end of the song so i did it's the same loop i just slowed it down so i can change up my flow at the end of the song so i keep that stuff in mind when i'm making my beats what i want to do in the song so
7: cool well first of all again i just want to say i get so inspired by these things i love hearing what y'all did in the last two beats <laughs> the only two that i caught and they're they're super dope um i like what you guys are talking about but but making space for stuff um that's a hard thing to do, like make space and kind of trust that something will fill there. But I think that's another thing about being a producer that you got to kind of wrap your head around is is you got to tr- trust the process, you know, uh, in that something's going to, you're going to get the right thing in there. And and a, a lot of that comes with experience. And I guess that, that kind of goes back to what I was saying in the first thing is, is that you got to make, you got to make enough so that it becomes natural. Um, personally, I can say honestly that, I wish I made more. I wish I made more beats, and uh, I, I I spend a lot of time DJing, and and, and uh, I I kind of wish I, I applied myself a little bit more, so I can relate to you if you feel like you should be making more as well. Um, but when I do make beats, I, I I try to let my influences shine through, and uh, I'd like to play you guys a couple beats that I've made uh, over the years. So, uh, like I say, I should make more uh, beats, but the first one I'm gonna play is uh, from a record. That's about six years old. It's a song that I made with Shad and Socrates, and it's called Stylin'. And I'll play you guys uh, a, I guess probably the first verse in the court. Or maybe I'll play you this. Uh, I might play you two
2: verses. I didn't you know you know, made man. this beat. I love this track. This okay. is. <laughs> yeah. okay, cool. names, you know.
7: <laughs> so we'll, we'll we'll play you Stylin' and uh, we'll break it down a little bit. All right. Here's Stylin' by Shad featuring Socrates. Yeah. Just is that loud enough for everybody
8: check it out i'm just spitting that for the love of spitting rap hits like nickelback singing with the diplomats written by max martin swinging with the whiffle back, Hear the pistol blast then i hit the track running like a canyon because i'm kenyan as my mom yeah, I'm running like a Kenyan. See, I'm running like Obama on that ticket. This is wicked as that Broadway play with the witches in it. Tell me who's the sickest kid I'm putting on a clinic. Listen, you know, no, one am really touching the lyrics. So it's touching when I'm touching on any subject. I'm fearless. They can't stomach it. I'm loving it. Munching nuggets and beer. see the throne. That's my zone. Don't let me even get near it, please. I'm ahead of my time. Wait, now I'm ahead of the time. Spit up ahead of the beat. Speeding time. Whenever I'm ahead of the beat. Class and it with class and leave with the classic now let me just head in the back where my head on a nap say something just eating with chopsticks you slide dog and you're from africa right that's amazing that's really great See, I got fans to say, oh, hey, Shad, I hate rap, but I like you. Well, I hate that, but I like you. Or at least I like that you like me, so i won't spite you. It's not your fault you're a white dude, likes white music, I like too. Just don't be surprised by my IQ, please. It's like back in high school, they said highbrow. I said high, cool. that's Shakespeare, that's a haiku. I liked high roll, so I was like, dude, that's basic. That's like crude, but your old plays to my iTunes. Use your common sense. Matter of fact, use common sense. For that matter, use ice cube, hmm? Don't think they'll be nice, too, Because hmm? we don't look like you, because we don't know how Ta-tas? My grandparents weren't ta-tos. please. Let me
7: finish my right? So you see why I had to play verse two, because that is just some of the most ridiculous rapping I've ever heard. <laughs> so this is styling. There's there's three verses, and actually, in the original, there's actually four verses. Um, and this is off Shad's fourth album called Flying Colors um i started collaborating with shad uh just kind of in between his third and fourth album and on the fourth album we made uh five i i had production in five joints three solo and 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 two uh co-production um so yeah so that's styling and uh we they they, he made a video for it and uh and i'm really i'm proud of that song man i think it it, it holds up i mean every time i I think i'm sure you producers a lot uh uh, I, I attest to this every time i hear something back i hear something wrong but uh that, that i wish i could reach in there and turn something down or twist something but uh, not on that
3: one though don't lie bro not on that one <laughs> a co- some of the guitars come on are man. A little too loud that's rock that's
7: i shouldn't have said anything i don't want to ruin it for anybody that's a <laughs> thing you got to let people live on their own but um yeah i just want to break that down for you guys kind of how i how i i guess how i came up with it um uh, like I said, I'm a DJ first. So a lot of my stuff is sample based, um, because that's where my ideas come from. That can get, get you in a bit of, like, it can get you in a bit of trouble and it kind more than anything, it can kind of limit, uh, your financial gain from something sometimes. Um, but, uh, if you're smart about it, you can kind of take little pieces here and there. I don't want to like encourage stealing, but uh, it's kind of part of the art form in some ways, and it's uh, every person for themselves in, in some ways. And and if you get caught, it's your own fault. Or if you can't, there's there's awesome things like Tracklib now that can pre-clear the rights to the stuff you got a sample. Um, I, I did not do any of that with these, and uh, you know we'll try to keep some of these samples among friends, perhaps. But but. <laughs> I guess it doesn't sound that bad, but um, but I knew I knew the guy for the job, and what we did is we actually got him to play the Juno through some some amps because we kind of wanted a, a a big louder sound, so we got him to play a Juno through a guitar amp, and mic'd up the guitar amp, and that's why it kind of has a bit more character i'd say than your average synth sound because it, it, we we actually put it out into a real world and captured it again which is kind of a cool way to do things and uh and then once we had that basic idea pretty much drums and 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 synth and bass i, d- I took it to shad as like 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 can you write to this and and he's he's like yeah so shad wrote the four ama- amazing verses and then we were like what are we going to do for the chorus and we were just kind of vibing and and i like I I was just sort of like pretending to make a chorus like 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 dun, dun, like humming along and like and then all the only words I said was like next thing you know dun, dun, dun. like that's it that was, I was just like dun, dun, dun. next thing you know dun, dun. like almost like imagining some words and we just kind of kept that and we sent it to Socrates. And he was like this is this is pretty dope like obviously not we weren't singing great and then Socrates sent that back with with just this kind of we were just basically it's almost like a battle song but with some soul and that's how it turned out so I got to work with Chad and Socrates on a song which uh, two guys I'm huge fans of so uh, uh, that's I'm pretty proud of that one um any questions about it per, per se I guess if you guys got any questions
6: yo we'll roll to Chris first okay, and then uh We'll just open the floor and just try to end things. I said 7.15, but let's try to end at 7.30.
4: <laughs> hey, I generally do things on the MPC. Um, I, def- I definitely get most of my inspiration from records. Um, so I-, I can relate to Scratch Bastard for sure with that. And yeah, most of the stuff is just, you know, coming from breaks and coming from just finding little bits that uh i'll either chop or i I don't really have rules like i've got little formulas but i'll do things different every time and usually just kind of see how things match and it's kind of like just cooking up something you know this is a little something that i just made uh the other night i don't know if it's loud enough you guys can hear this (laughs) there was was uh, was sample based but yeah now that we've been working on Argyle which is a studio that we uh we kind of set up here in Winnipeg we just been yeah recording a lot of instruments ourselves we got a Rhodes we got a Wurlitzer we got a Celeste we got a drums and we got a lot of mics that we've been using so sometimes we'll just come into the studio start with a, a sample and just build around it and then, you know, usually we'll just like pull the sample out and we just have the have a real strong idea and then we'll just kind of like take it into another direction. And it's it's been wild doing that because it just feels real cool to sit back and have this whole tune that you just made from from scratch in the studio. Well, not maybe not from scratch, but it feels like that in a way, you know, when you when you take the sample out, at least
6: it's cool. Did you decide that Shad should only have three verses on that song? Or was that a Shad decision? And then part B of this is, uh, and it's something that comes up in many of our discussions is what do you consider yourselves a beat maker or a producer? And that's usually a no sanity question, Uh, but I'll, I'll ask it right now. So what do you consider yourselves uh, a beat maker or producer and explain like what the difference is to you? Um, But first off, I just want to hear about like the decision to, chop off that for fourth verse because four verse songs and rap what are you doing
2: <laughs> unless it's a wu-tang there. song yeah four verses yeah,
7: yeah. <laughs> well malcolm that's a really interesting thing it's like the i remember the first rapper i remember hearing talking about 16s was jay-z so around around like the year like 98 99 or 2000 jay-z started talking about 16s and i was like what is what is he talking about he's talking about 16 bars a lot of records from like before 97 don't have great structure for rap i mean if you go to rapper's delight that's a 15 minute rap song there's like there's like eight (laughs) verses in that song you know what i mean uh and and most of them are 36 bar long like like i think that rap came from a very freestyle world where rappers were rapping over breaks by a dj who was cutting them differently every time and they just had to adapt so the closer you get to that sort of genesis of how rap evolved the more loose you're gonna get so uh then you go to a guy like rakim and rakim it was his birthday last week i was going through his stuff rakim basically had no choruses rakim would just rap his craziest and then just say don't sweat the technique and then just let the beat play and then just say don't sweat the technique or he just paid in full is one verse. Eric B is president is like three verses, no choruses. Like, like, like I think that raw rap is, has no bounds like that. And when we made that track, we were just thinking about making like a really raw rap song. And so we just, when we got in the studio and Chad is really awesome in the studio in the sense that uh, he's, he's very, very open to experimentation and just like very on the spot stuff. Like we, we, before we released that, actually we put out this EP called the spring up and that was made in like three days. We just got together and and his album was taking a long time to come out. And he was like, he was eager to put something out. He's like, let's just make something quick. And we, we put it together and, and released it. But with Stylin', that song, once we added Socrates and, uh, And once he kind of placed it in his album, he wanted it earlier in the album. And I think he didn't want to go off the cliff with, with a four bar four verse rap song. And I think that it's also possible that he wanted to use those bars on something else. I think like, that's another thing that comes up. So sometimes you don't want to spend the, the, the bars, or sometimes you say enough. And I think Shad's a really good editor like that too. Like uh, along, uh, along the way he'll say, "Ah, I like this, or I don't like this. And, 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 for whatever reason we made the adjustment i've got that and i've also got a remix of that song with chip foo from the foosh that i recorded one day hilariously so there's that song has its own couple lives within it and i I think most producers would tell you that songs have a few different lives and sometimes it's just the homies that kind of get that inside look at it and it's uh that 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 makes it special in its own right. I mean with with the, with MF Doom passing, you heard there's a second version of Mad Villain that you might have never heard. I think there's cool these are stories that that every song has a story, right? And uh and 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 yeah, uh don't don't be afraid to to make different versions of joints because uh because the legend lives on.
6: Anyone wanna add to that? And then uh just a question from the floor. Just one of y'all just answer it and we're we're oh. good.
2: Yeah, I think about that a lot, too, like beat makers. Um, I feel like beat makers can put out beats standalone, you know, like they can have beat tapes or you can have your lo-fi YouTube mix for two hours of lo-fi beats, you know, uh, or you can go full out. And then the cool thing, about, um I'm not, I consider myself a producer mainly because I produce for myself or I'll work with other artists. And I do make beats just for fun, I but I may not release those, but that's my beat maker side. But you have more freedom as a beat maker to just, your beat's going to drive the melody or the like the feeling of the song, so you don't have to rely on an artist to do that. So it's just a different approach, because um, if I was to release a beat that I was just going to use for myself as an instrumental, it might be kind of boring on a beat tape versus if I was rapping on it. So um, that's just a different approach I would take.
7: I feel that and just to add to that i i think sometimes there's a more a bit more liberty as a beat maker because it's like hey this is the beat go do something with it and i think that they're that's like liberating somehow but you also have to like trust that you're dope because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know and, and 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 you know there's stuff like the little nas x is like a like that stuff but that was a, a licensed beat and that comes from a guy that made a beat obviously he didn't have old town road until little nas x stepped on it but there's nothing wrong with being a beatmaker if that's what if you've got an idea that you want someone to interpret and then take further. Um that that's that's totally cool too.
2: You know, that's an interesting point, right? Because you could be a beatmaker, put everything on a beat stars, and then someone can make a hit out of it. I think when I think producer sometimes, I picture I always picture like Quincy Jones being in the studio and be like, Michael, you're gonna sing this way and I'll put these strings right here. You know, like they're <laughs> he's helping direct the song from scratch and then like help being build it too in the studio versus like here's the 100 beats which one do you like you know yeah. where yeah,
7: yeah for sure and 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 yet yeah, there's no shame in, in being either one and i do think that producer you 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 take on more roles as that and it's a bit of a it's a bit of it's a more difficult job and sometimes you don't have the tools but i think if you're finishing songs you're you're becoming a producer whether whether you think so or not but uh sometimes uh yeah beat makers are like don't finish songs oh there it goes my background <laughs>
6: Uh, yo, um, we got a question from the floor. Uh, Marbeth, please go ahead.
8: <laughs> um, I want—I don't know if someone asked this already, asked this of you already, because I think it's a little bit late. But if you could have dinner with any one alive producer and one passed away producer, who would those people be, and why?
7: That's a really good one. Does anyone want to answer first?
2: Uh, Pharrell for a living.
8: And
2: why? because uh, I feel like he's just an alien and good at everything. So like whatever like anything creative he does is just uh, really, really good. So yeah, and like um he's an artist that just does something fresh every time and it has a consistent sound, but it's always knocks the same. So and I love how he his production, like he if you listen to like early Neptune's, like it's not crazy production, like drop it like it's hot is the most simple beat of all time. Not a lot of layers, but he gets the key elements down right. And I feel like uh just having like getting the basics down properly and not overproducing is what I love. So yeah.
3: Yeah, I could go. I I got I got one. I I would go John Bellion and, and Jay and uh and Dilla. John Bellion, Diller, like, and in in like, I mean, I don't know if you know John Bellion, but he's like such an incredible, like, singer-songwriter, but producer, like, he's just producing so many hits right now, like, that are out on, like, the top 50, but just seeing, like, his trajectory of where he's come from um, as a beat maker and, like, using the MPC, and I don't know if anyone's ever or knows who John Bellion is, but um, watching, like, his making of videos are, like, so incredible, um, he has that song, you know, low, 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 no, 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 low, 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 low. I don't know if anyone's heard it, but that song was like a massive hit like two summers ago. But um, I want to sample that. Yeah, but honestly, scratch. You should check him out. He's he's really inspiring. Like the song um the the holy song Justin Bieber. That's a that's a John Bellion like track that Justin Bieber sang and like he produced it with him. So um, but he's also heavily influenced by Dilla. And I feel like Dilla just like he, you know, for, for so many reasons has influenced like hip hop forever. And I feel like it would just be incredible just to be in a room just to hear that from a hip hop perspective. Um, but yeah, and just to seeing that like, you know, that torch being passed on into the pop world with through John Bellion's music where you could hear it on radio. You hear like Dilla influence drums all if you like follow that if you follow that particular artist's career. Um, but yeah, so I would love to be in a room with either one of those two i gotta i gotta say i gotta
7: say dilla too i mean it's, dilla, it's dilla's birthday this week it's dilla month i it's incredible to see the amount of stuff dilla has put on but also how how many lives dilla's music has had it's crazy because i i i first heard about dilla in like let's say 95 with like um stakes is high running and uh far side and, and 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 de la Soul and and then his production with tribe called quest and then to to kind of like see from that Stage to the donut stage and everything in between, and then to see the life that and the influence that he's had on everybody after that, like what would Dilla be doing now? I mean, you can you only imagine it, it would be crazy. Like as a hip hop producer, my mind races to think about what I'd even like. I mean, I just want to be a fly on the wall for what Dilla would be doing in a day like today because he was he was incredible. So I gotta say that's uh, that's a, that's a layup of an answer, but yeah, I I agree um living right now uh one of the most interesting producers for me is this guy inflow i-n-f-l-o inflow he produced this group called salt s-a-u-l-t salt they put out four albums in the last two years that are incredible lots of amazing live instrumentation and 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 cool vocalists uh kid sister is one of the vocalists and the other vocalist is this girl cleo soul and cleo soul also has an amazing album that inflow produced he also produced for little sims as well so i'm just amazed at his output and the range of like quality sounds that he's had in the last few years that that also have a bit of a, a vintage he it sounds like he's using real instruments and getting cool sounds rather than sort of picking loops and beats beat packs but he has an incredible output that keeps up with modern output levels. So uh Mary Beth, hello uh that I, I would say inflow i n f l o And I don't know if you guys have heard of him but he's 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 got some amazing stuff.
4: Yo if I could if I could meet any producer that was past the first one that comes to my mind is King Tubby. Cause I just would want to just see what that man is doing. I would just want to w- just kind of be a fly in the wall and just like witness what happens, like, and just what happened in that space and what that man did. And like, oh, that just like that's the first thing that came to my mind. And that's like probably the that I don't know. That would probably be the most incredible experience that I can even think of. <laughs> Alive? I don't know. Probably I, I I would think even scientist or somebody like that, like just a a, a modern dub producer that like just did stuff that old school way and just kind of see how those guys maneuver themselves around a board. I guess they're not even really producers. I guess they are producers, but they're kind of like mixers, you know, I totally guess it kind of.
7: talks Like I feel that it's somewhere around. It's almost like DJing with tracks that are already fixed rolling. And then you're, you're, you're picking and plucking. I, I Yeah. Agree.
4: Yeah. Yeah. So there's, it's kind of like they're, they're, they're kind of straddling the line. Like, yeah, I, I know a lot of the King Tubby stuff. He wasn't recording himself they would just bring him the tapes and he would yeah just give them a mix right yeah it's kind of yeah the
7: equivalent of i guess like running back the tape so you just start the tape and you'd have things started and then you'd sort of mute and unmute and do your manual sends of your effects and basically controlling effects in in real time sometimes capturing a delay and tweaking it and stuff i agree that stuff is super super interesting and i've been around mad professor i've seen some mad professor live shows and it's just like watching live dub is is out of this world i agree 100 percent. so Next very Jesus.
6: cool all right it's it's been it's been fun i mean we could keep talking forever which i would do um <laughs> don't, me. Uh, don't yeah but i mean people got lives to live and mm-hmm. and
5: uh and, and babies to feed. okay so uh, this is <laughs> broken headphones on 101.5 umfm uh we got crab skull malcolm j david hodges and scratch bastard on the horn adios Uh, i see that with deep regret and sadness